That song right there is just especially for Von Palmer this morning for the Vancouver Sun because he did survive going out in the world yesterday for the BC budget. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi, and the song choice is fabulous as always. <laughs> well, how was the hazmat suit? It was, uh, you know, going out and covering a story for the first time in almost two years, uh, going to a budget lockup, it was a little like old home week. It was very well-organized budget lockup. They had everybody distanced, everybody was masked, uh, they answered all the questions that I had. Uh, you know what? I even got to schmooze with some of my colleagues. I got to wow. schmooze with Baldry and Zussman and Justine Hunter, Gary Mason. At least I think that's who it was. Everyone was wearing masks. So, you know, <laughs> you, always, you yeah. forget what the bottom half of pieces, people's faces looked like. But, uh, no, it was a good budget lockup and uh, really interesting. And, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe someday I'll go out and cover another story. One can only hope, Vaughn. One yeah. can only hope. Let's talk about what was in this budget. Uh, any surprises? Well, so page one, <laughs> yeah, uh, I looked at that one. Uh, bottom line uh, for the financial year that we're still in, that ends March 31st. So the second year of the pandemic and the new Democrats are awfully close to balancing the budget. Now, they projected last spring in the darkest days of uh, the second year of the pandemic that we were looking at a $10 billion deficit and Everybody kind of went, yeah, well, you know, uh, this is tough times, but look, uh, BC economy uh, bounced back very quickly, and the deficit is projected for the year ending March 31st, $483 million. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's less than 1% of all the revenue and spending that the government does. And when they add up the books, uh, audit them at the end of the financial year, it's entirely possible that they manage to balance the budget. That is really quite something, though, but also done on the backs of these unbelievable real estate revenues. Well, you know, uh, (laughs) when the New Democrats were in opposition, they used to complain that, oh, yeah, you know, the Liberals are balancing the budget, but you know how they're doing it. They're surfing a wave of the real estate market. Well, talk about surfing. Uh, The property transfer tax, which is the government's piece of the action of every single property transaction in B.C., brought in $3.2 billion over the past year, and it's continuing. The government is projecting another $7.5 billion over the next three years. Now, If you've bought a house under that system, you know what happens to the property transfer tax. It gets taken out of your equity or added to your mortgage. The government gets the cash and gets to spend it as they see fit. And here's, I think this is an important number to keep in mind, Simi, the next time the New Democrats boast about all they're doing for affordable housing. The property transfer tax proceeds over four years, so this year and the next three, are projected at $11 billion. Unreal. The government's budget shows here's what it's spending on housing affordability and homelessness, about half that. So they're making twice as much off the property transfer tax as they're spending to improve the housing situation in B.C. uh, for the middle class, the people who need social housing, housing affordability. The rest of the money, it's gravy, and they're taking it the same way the liberals used to. 
And so this year, though, um, like they're it's close to balancing the budget, but that does not look like the case for the next couple of years. No, they're going back to deficits and big ones. Uh, I know Gordon McDonald is using the number on on their news. So the government gives us a three-year financial plan. And the numbers change, but it gives you a sense of where they think they're going. So for the financial year that starts April 1 and then goes through the next two years, they're projecting roughly $13 billion worth of deficits over those three years. Uh, so that's a lot of money. Those are big deficits. Uh, Robinson was asked about that. She said, look, uh, the, the near balanced in the year that's just ending was a one-time thing. It happened because of some windfalls in revenue <laughs> housing and also because Ottawa gave the provinces a lot of money, and that's not likely to be repeated. Some of it will be. So we're going back to deficits to do stuff that needs to be done. Um, Some of that is borne out, Simi, by the budget numbers, but I would also note that the New Democrats are budgeting for about 7% increase in spending over the next three years and a 3% increase in revenues. Well, those kind of numbers, you're going to get deficits. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we, haven't, we haven't repealed the mathematics of budget-making much as governments try to do that from time to time. And what's the deal with the huge amount of money they're putting into, a, into contingencies as opposed to just saying what they're going to use that money for? Yeah, you know, if, if the listener finds it hard to figure out what the hell they're doing with all this money, the, it was a real struggle in the budget lockup to do this. So over the years, the government will put aside some money in contingencies for emergencies, for things that crop up in the middle of the year, and so forth. And in the past, contingency funds have ranged between $500 million a year, um, close to a billion in some years. This budget just swept away all that. The New Democrats have put $13 billion over three years into contingencies, and they've They've told us what they're going to use it for in only the vaguest terms. So some of it's for pandemic recovery. Some of it's to deal with the fallout from the floods last year. A big chunk of it is uh, public sector bargaining. It's bargaining year uh, for uh, pretty much everybody in the public sector, almost half a million people, uh, uh, wages and benefits. And um, hmm, about 55% of the provincial budget is somebody's paycheck or benefit package. So no specifics on that. And when you when we asked stuff like, uh, okay, so, you know, what did it cost, uh, the heat dome and the floods and the wildfires, you got some numbers on that, but it's all kind of up in the air. The budget in that respect, Simi, is only halfway made up. We We really don't know and won't know until we get future budget updates and maybe the audited financial statements where all that contingency money is going. Right, because there's so many unknowns about how much the flood recovery is going to cost, how much the road building is going to cost. So all of, you're saying those contingencies are for that? Uh, some of it's going there. Uh, some of it is anybody's guess. Uh, there's a reference in there to new initiatives yet to be defined, uh, which is kind of like, uh, so give us a blank check and we'll tell you later how we're going to spend it. It, it really is... Uh, unprecedented, and I know we're in unprecedented times. Now, they are also uh, budgeting a huge amount of money for capital spending. So the budget we get really breaks into two parts. There's program spending, running the schools, uh, the healthcare system, all that. And then there's capital spending to build stuff. And that 
money tends to be borrowed because the projects are built over the years. So that's the Patello Bridge and the New St. Paul's Hospital, uh, the replacement for the Massey Tunnel, if they ever build it, all that. That is huge. It's about $40 billion atop all the program spending. Uh, so $40 billion over three years, um, it, that's that's very big stuff. And you know, you've reported it uh, on your show with the skill shortages, mm-hmm. interest rates climbing, inflation coming at us for the first time in three or four years, it, sorry, in three or four decades. All of that is going to shape how this budget goes forward as well. Robinson says all the debt here is affordable at the moment. Um, we're breaking $100 billion uh, in the provincial debt for the first time. Uh, there's an accomplishment. And I guess at these interest rates, it's affordable, but between inflation and uh, interest rates going up, I don't know how affordable it will be, how affordable it will be for how long. Were you surprised, though, to find that when you talk about the deficit situation, warning about year two, year three in this fiscal plan, I mean, year three, as you pointed out, that's an election year. Yes, it is an election year. And all B.C. governments going back to W.A.C. Bennett, their method of budget making is to give you worst-case scenarios and outperform the numbers. So we saw that this year, $10 billion deficit. No, it's down to less than half a billion dollars. So I think, again, that would be the plan. But there's so many unknowns out there, including what's happening to inflation and interest rates. Of course, we don't know how long the pandemic will last, I'm sure the NDP's hope is to outperform these numbers, uh, but I don't know if they're going to make it. Um, by the way, did you see she's repealed the um, penalty right. clause for, cab- for cabinet ministers when they don't balance the budget? So there's a, there's a thing in provincial law that says that when, you, when you're in a cabinet that doesn't balance the budget for the year, there's a 10% hold back on your ministerial stipend. It's about 5600 bucks, so it's not a small amount of money. Uh, and it's withheld. So they're repealing that. So uh, ministers are off the hook. They don't have to balance the budget. They don't pay a penalty. So for Robinson and her cabinet colleagues, the hold back three deficit budgets uh, would add up to about $17,000. They're not going to have to pay it because she's getting rid of the penalty clause. Well, that's convenient. It's a, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a <laughs> nice small thing. Nice work if you can get it, yeah. me, you know, and that's what we always say about politicians. Yeah, I guess so. I know, small thing, but I think it, you know, it matters. It's like a symbolic thing, but it matters. Avon, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. That's Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun talking about the budget. If you would like to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.